0: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: Welcome back to the second guest show. Mike Dettay along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beachside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us if you're not parading tonight. Uh, Bobby J. and I will be here until 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, Bob, I mean,
2: here on cord, yeah we all cut up. We, of, we, with, we, we with, all tied up. With Mike's Slay. Almost, with like, Mike you, know,
1: <laughs> almost like, you know, like a dog kind of whirls around a little bit of a... Oh,
2: now we got yeah. it.
1: <laughs> we all kind of tied up, but we all good. <laughs> and,
2: and you know what, Mike, I, I wanted to bring this up. Because, you know, we love to compare. We love to compare great coaches, great quarterbacks, and, oh, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and then uh, what are we talking about now? Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, right? Correct. I mean, it, it's unbelievable, because that's not going to stop, because I, I tell you what, if the Chiefs get 3 Pete, who, now... Think of the odds of that. Uh, they're not even the favorite. Uh, Vegas is still on the 49ers bandwagon. You know,
1: thinking about it,
2: I think that's
1: the reason why they're not the favorite and why San Francisco is. Man, it's so hard yes. to, to win back-to-back. Without you a doubt. You're talking about a 3 peak?
2: No, without Man, a doubt.
1: that is really, really difficult in today's world. Extremely well, difficult. Well,
2: and, and you know, always everyone looks at the head coach, quarterback combination. Nobody's done it. So, uh... And, you know, Tom Brady did it without Belichick. But you look at that combination head coach, quarterback. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are now halfway. They're halfway uh, to where Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, who won six championships in 20 years. But look how fast uh, Pat Mahomes has done it, Mike. I mean, to me, uh, if you look at Pat Mahomes... Uh, that, that, that's, uh, Mike, that's highly improbable if you would have thought, uh, that he would be able to win, uh, what, three championships in five seasons. So when you look at it, and they had a low of a decade, basically. 50 years. Uh, no, but with Tom Brady going oh, uh, over 10 years. About Mahomes and Chiefs. No, but, but no, but like 10 years before Tom Brady and all of a sudden, and then he ends a winning one without Belichick. But you look at, uh. Tom Brady and Belichick won six championships in 20 years together with the Patriots. Uh, We're the most recent team to go back-to-back following the 2003 and 4 season. Season Now, Mahomes is only 28 years of age. I mean, uh, he might play as long as Tom Brady, but I think the money involved and all, when you get in your late 30s, I played till I was 37, and you feel like, man, Now, they try to protect the quarterbacks, but you still get beat up somewhat. So I don't know if he would play as long as Tom Brady. But let's just say he plays over the next decade. I mean, could he win two or three more, whatever? So I'm telling you, because I could think that Patrick Mahomes, uh, even though he's 28 years of age, I could see him playing to 37, 38, somewhere around there. And uh, if you look at it, Uh, Now, Mahomes becomes the fourth starting quarterback to win three Super Bowls. Like I said, Johnny, Tom Brady, uh, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman. And uh, right now, Mahomes is the second youngest quarterback ever to do that. So when you look where he's at, and uh, I don't know if he'll 3 feet, but I would not be surprised if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs if they wouldn't win uh, next year in New Orleans, where the Super Bowl is, but then they win the following year. Now, the point being, they're not going nowhere. Not with that young defense in Mahomes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think the Chiefs will be relevant for the next, I don't know, you want to say handful, but unless, then for sure the next three or four years. Okay, I don't know if it was you or maybe
1: Steve Kortz, one of the two of you were telling me that when the 49ers had won it back-to-back, and they looked like they might have a shot to, to 3 Pete and the Vikings
2: go to San Francisco and beat them in the Bay Area. Yeah, but, but, but out of doubt. That, that, that's, uh, now, Mike, the year... <clears throat> Mike, I don't know. i have to check this. But I know in the Bay Area <clears throat> that we got crushed by the Vikings. We won nine games in a row in 1987. Uh, they had the strike here, so we played 15 instead of 16 games. We were 12 and three. We hosted the Vikings in the Superdome. We got waxed, and we lost 40 something to 10. And we had the lead. We were winning like 10-3, 10-7 at the beginning of the game. That's when that Chris Dolman and um, you Keith Malone and, and all that game. But they went, and we were a wild card now, at 12 and three. They went that next week. To San Francisco, who won the NFC West, and beat them, but then they lost. Okay, they beat the Saints, beat the 49ers, but then they lost uh, to what, They lost to the Redskins. Red
0: yeah.
2: It was like a 2017 type game. It was like I'm going to say rainy and muddy, and it was cold and all that. But then they're not making the Super Bowl, and that Vikings team uh, put it to. Uh, both the Saints and the 49ers. Back to back weeks. Back to back. And Mike. Uh, and, and on I, the road. Uh, uh, yes, on the road. I want to say, uh, like I say, we were 12 and 3. The 49ers might have been 13 and 2 or 14 and 1, and the Vikings whooped them, beat them. And, and so that's why you never know. Uh, look, uh, well, what is Coach Harbaugh going to do with the Chargers in the AFC West? You know what's intriguing is the AFC West. When you look at Sean Payton and Denver. Man, Sean
1: got himself in some quicksand there. He
2: better find him a quarterback (laughs) and fast. Right, because you got Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs. You got Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert and and, and, the Chargers. And then the Raiders, Mike, um, with their young coach. With uh, with
1: Antonio Pierce. Yeah. One of the things with that is Antonio was at Arizona State when guess who was there? Jaden Daniels.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, oh, I know he would love to have him.
1: <laughs> so, man, just think if you could land a deal and who's going to be a minority owner of the Raiders? It got sort of approved. Now it's got to go to the big committee. Tom Brady.
2: Well, uh, and yeah, 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 Mike, think about that. So, hey, Raiders. man, you
1: wouldn't go to Brady and said, okay, look, we, we think a lot of this guy.
2: Tell us what you think. The Sean Payton, I'm telling you, would go crazy. <laughs> If he all of a sudden thinks, okay, I'm going to come, I'm, I'm, you know, Walmart family and all that, I'm going to turn the Broncos around, and Mike, they'd be in fourth place next year, in the next couple of years.
1: Ooh-wee. Oh, uh,
2: how, how are you going to represent the AFC when you like Ford Banana in your own division, <laughs> three or four? Oh, uh, that, that one sit well with Sean.
1: We'll be back with more second guests, and we'll have on with us Chris Dotson from Clutch Points talking about the New Orleans Pelicans right after this break here on the Big Eight Seventy. WWL. Call
0: from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
3: Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Welcome back to the second guest show. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beatside, in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us. If you're out of the Mardi Gras traffic, we'll be here until 8 o'clock tonight. On our Oakwood Heart Jewelers, talking text line from Clutch Points. Chris Dotson, who covers the NBA and the New Orleans Pelicans. Chris, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Before we get into a basketball question, I'm going to ask you a football one. Tell me you're not like
3: Bobby and you, you had your money on the 49ers yesterday. <laughs> oh, no, no. I just The best part is I had my money on you know, them covering the spread. I thought it was going to be a tight game. I got a tight game and got the overtime. I was happy either way. Because I knew once he got the overtime, I was gonna cover and I was gonna cash my check.
1: <laughs> you, you found out now. Bobby says it, and I understand why he rode the horse until he threw him. Uh, but uh, you don't bet against Pat Mahomes yeah, in the big game. Uh, it's
2: like Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> you think I'm gonna learn my lesson? Don't bet against Tom Brady. Don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but, but I guess I, I just he uh, rolled
1: down the wind and threw that money
2: out. Yeah. Right? Uh, all of a sudden, I, I just think I'm a cruelty for punishment, <laughs> or you know, when And stuff, and uh, the bottom line is amazing when he's the underdog. Pat Mahomes, uh, (laughs) how he's won or or how they've covered. I think it's only one time he hasn't covered when he's been an underdog. You know, it's unbelievable uh, whether it's straight up or or, or whether you know point spreads are involved. All I know is Pat Mahomes a beast, and when you think about this, he's a winner that uh, if somehow, because we always love something that's never been done, now we've got to wait and see, but that's wait till next year. But if they 3 p, considering all the great teams. and It's
1: never happened.
2: Uh, you went back-to-back, but the 3 P between him and Andy Reid, all of a sudden, they're on a different level if they can achieve
1: that. Chris, uh, we got the official news with Dyson Daniels today. You sort of thought maybe worst-case scenario with him, with the meniscus, and that's something that... That's multiple-week injury uh, for Dyson, and I thought he played a critical part, especially on defense. He did hit some some shots, Uh, but when they played the Clippers, man, he was a big part of that win.
3: Yeah, he was, and it was exciting to see. It was encouraging to see him playing better. He's shooting 29% from three on the season, but he's starting to hit some big shots, and it looked like his offense was starting to come into form. He was fine a rhythm. He knew what to do. He was a great connective passer on offense, and we all seen his defense. I mean, we got another Herb Jones there, and that's really going to hurt Willie Green and not being able to play those two together and solve a lot of problems. It, it, it hurts for Dyson, but he came back in in that Lakers game. I watched and the knock, I think, coming around the 10-minute mark, there was a double personal foul between him and one of the Lakers. But he still came back in and finished the last two or three minutes and felt the soreness later. So I'm hoping, I mean, you never know with this doctor stuff, but I'm hoping that's kind of a sign like it was sore. And, yeah, he heard it, but it wasn't something shattered, you know, that, that, that they're going to find maybe something worse when they go in there if they have to scope it. They're looking at non-surgical rehab options. Again, a good sign. So – it it, it hurts for the young man because it looked like he was really starting to find his way and find a shot.
2: Now, uh, Chris, uh, a stark stark, uh, contrast to say the least. When you look at what happened on Friday, the Pelicans, we score 122 points, but then then we still lose by 17 to the Lakers. But then all of a sudden, uh, you look at the Trailblazer game uh, and then – how do you, um, I don't know, how do you explain that? I mean, I guess different opponents, 93 to 84, and you come up with a significant win. But, uh, boy, that's a discrepancy within, you look, 48 hours, basically. That, that's a lo- major difference that how you're winning and how you lost the game.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of variance to this. And, Bobby, you played professional sports. So I got to college. But, and y'all talk about the underdogs. This locker room, I think, plays down to the competition. They play up to the competition. There's a wide variance, and if there's any underdog talk, that needs to be outside the locker room. This team, if they play it up to the standard every night, I think they're uh, what 12 and four when Brandon Ingram hits at least two threes. If he just makes two threes, they're 12 and four. But he went from that, you know, a great game shooting eight from 11, and then only hits missed six three pointers the next two games. That, the wide variance of this team is something that should really worry them, even worse than the free throw percentage going into the playoffs.
2: Now, uh, Chris, how important it is because uh, who's available. You look uh, against the Trailblazers, they did not have uh, Zion. He sat out on the second night of a back-to-back. But then uh, I think from a common standpoint, obviously, and not only for himself but, uh, but uh, for the team, Trey Murphy. Uh, Trey Murphy uh, played one of his best games in the, in the month, uh, in months, I should say. Uh, he scored 24 points, 7-10 shooting. The first time Murphy had scored 20 or more points, you got to go before Christmas, December the 21st. So I think we need more Trey Murphy playing like that uh, going forward and contributing. Yeah,
3: I just wrote about Trey Murphy and how he's, if they're going to say he's going to get a rookie scale max, the things that he has to do to get that money if not we're going to be looking at a uh, tough negotiation but with him being a restricted free agent on a rookie scale the pelicans are always going to keep him but the money is a big thing if trey wants that big money he's going to have to start coming up big on both ends of the court and if you look at the portland game if cj just makes a few more shots in his hometown meet a lot of people it was very emotional two for 14 night at least they got the win rub it off move on to the next one tonight in memphis where zion is available
2: you know, uh, Chris, when you look at, uh, obviously, you know, it's all about swings, whether they could be positive or negative. You have a couple of games uh, remaining before the All-Star break. We 31-22. Uh, the 4 road, uh, uh road trip concludes against uh, the Grizzlies tonight. And then you face the Wizards at home. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at, uh, and I just look at, well, no John Morant. I'm like, well, hell yeah, we should be the Grizzlies and the Wizards if we're training in the right direction before the All-Star break. And listen, Chris, I think you would trade. If I'd have told you early last week, they'll
1: be 3-1 and one in this 4 road game trip, you would take that, wouldn't you? For sure. Now, hey, everybody's taking that. thought the, the, the L.A. team you'd have beat would have been the Lakers and, and not the Clippers, yeah, but, but it it's it's still all counts yeah, the same right. uh, in that. But, man, 3-1, if you can win tonight, I think is critical.
3: Yeah, and again, Memphis is looking, you know, they're a skeleton crew squad right now. They're signing 10-day players that we've never even heard of just to fill roster spots. So there's no excuse to not go in there and get a win. Zion or no Zion. CJ Badnight knows Bad Night. You have to go get that win, and then you have to take care of, you know, your home court against the Washington Wizards going in the All-Star break. And even then, you got four more easily winnable games coming out of the break to really get momentum, and then you've only got like 22 games left of the season. You can get everybody incorporated, see what's happening, have a point zion experience working, and you use those last 20 games to really fine-tune what you're going to do in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, these are very winnable games that have to be won. But, yeah, 3-1, and 4-1 and one on a road trip in a week, every basketball team in the world is going to take that.
1: Chris, no, yeah. uh, kind of size up the, what's happened in Washington with the Wizards and the matchup you're going to face when you – you come back to New Orleans to go up against the Wizards.
3: Uh, well, the Wizards, they didn't make too many moves at the trade deadline. For whatever reason, I cannot understand why Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma are still playing for that team. They've only got one guy, and that's Bilal Kulibaly, and that's the rookie. So, you know, I mean, the rookie's going to only do so much against the Pelicans if they play up to their standard. So, I mean, they've got some guys, Tyus Jones as the point guard, that can go out there and drop 30 points in a given night if you let them. So that's why when the Pelicans come home after this road trip, don't start looking ahead to the next week for that vacation for the All-Star break because you've really got to take care of the Wizards at home so you don't fall into that play-in tournament spot because, again, there's going to be 20-something games remaining after that. And you can't make up four or five games in the NBA over 20 games, not when you're chasing the top four teams in the Western Conference.
2: Now, uh, Chris, when you look at it, And look uh, I want your opinion on this, but like nine games above five hundred as the all star uh, break approaches, you look at Memphis and uh, Wizards coming up, but nine games above five hundred right now, the last time a Pelicans team finished with a winning record uh if you look at it uh was like but uh, two thousand seventeen and eighteen, and that season the pelicans um uh, end up getting what the West is sixth seed, and they upset the Trailblazers in the first round of the playoffs. Is that something uh, that instead of doing the play-in and you'd be at least, at least the sixth seed and, and, you, and you win a playoff series, then I would have to say from a fan-based standpoint that kind of like the Saints and what Bay did in football, winning yeah. the NFC South, that we're training in the right direction. Now, ultimately, you want to win championships – but I think if we can avoid the playing game and at least be a 6th seed and then we can win a first round of the playoffs, uh, I think the fans would be encouraged. They would be and I've
3: talked to a few team sources that have explained how the difference between 5 and 4, you know, in the Western Conference to get to the playoff race is going to be tough to get to 4, but there's not too much of a difference especially if you take care of business in game 6. You're always going to be, you know, not having home court in the second round. The difference between four and five is way different than five and six, but six and seven is a world of difference uh, as far as this team and what they are today. You mentioned what you know, the records and the history and the past. One team source told me or reminded me of the old comparison is the, what is it, comparison uh, is the enemy of happiness, and you always said it. it doesn't matter what past teams done. This team here is where they're at. They know what they can accomplish if they don't play down the competition and drop a few games They know they can get a five or six seed. They've got easier schedules than L.A., Phoenix, and Sacramento. They can chase down some of them teams and uh, avoid the play-in. But looking looking back into past records, I think David Griffin down to Willie Green, Trajan, even though he's looking at maybe interviewing in Charlotte, they're all telling this team that doesn't matter. That was Anthony Davis. That was Chris Paul running them teams. Y'all have to live for the day and do what you can for your legacy in New Orleans this year. Looking backwards doesn't help anybody.
1: Chris, one of the things that uh, uh, Jen Hale brought it up about, this team, kind of the whole entourage of the Pelicans' front office traveled out west to them. And that's when the trade deadline was still in effect and that she felt maybe a little bit of pressure uh, because you don't know. I mean, there's so many rumors out there about possible trades if somebody's going to get moved or not that this team seemed relieved that they kept everything intact. Do you get that sense? And how how do you look at it from a team standpoint? Because a lot of times you play better when you got a little bit of pressure on you. But they got it sort of taken off of them player-wise when no deals were done. And I know Jen felt that it was a positive for them that they were able to stay intact and and nobody got moved.
2: Well, yeah, and you're not just going to uh, – Chris, you're not just going to move Valentunas just to move. Somebody got to be better than him who you're bringing on board. Yeah, I mean, come on. You don't want to trade for down. Uh, yeah, and they got to be better than uh, Valanchunas than expectations.
3: Right. I think I was on you all show two weeks ago and said they will not make lateral moves. They're not going to make a move just to make a move. Even though they could have sold a Najee Marshall down the road for a couple seconds back. I would actually not be surprised if you've seen Valanchunas and Najee Marshall get contract stations over this holiday period or all-star break period. And yet there's different pressures, though. The players like the pressure that revolves around the game. I've talked to a few of them, especially former Pelicans, that I got to talk to and then they get traded. You're not talking about pressure that, that affects you. You're talking about pressure that affects your family going in the trade deadline. You might have to move. I mean, Mike, D, how would you feel if we traded you to Milwaukee next week? You know that's that's more than you. That's your whole family, Bobby. You
2: I'd say you know, training in the summer is too cold right now. Yeah, I would
1: say. Listen, Chris, <laughs> deal deal me off, uh, but deal do it in May. <laughs> yeah, right, right, I, I, I right. can take it in May. <laughs> I'm not real sure about February and <laughs> March.
3: Yeah, but when you factor all that in, you could see where a, a, a sigh of relief from the team as a collective would really happen. And the front office is stuck with a status quo this far. They've told the locker room they believe in. I'm going back to last year's exit interviews. And they really stuck by it. They showed it with their actions and their words. And that's why I expect big things out of this Pelicans team going forward is because they can breathe, they can look at each other and say, all right, they believe in us. They told us we want to go fight. Now it's time to go win a few battles, you know, six, seven games, no matter what it takes. Go win it because you have a team that's, you know, they got versatility. They got depth. Let's see what they got when it really matters. When they put the pressure on the playoffs, that's the pressure I really want to see how they handle it.
2: Now, uh, uh, Chris, uh, what about – got to have luck with injuries. We all know that. Uh, I, I look at uh, Zion. I don't think this is by accident that, uh, you know, Zion, we have back-to-backs uh, oh, we're going to rest Zion, whatever. But then when you look at it, a guy uh, who I'm a big fan of and they're counting on, uh, Herb Jones. And uh, not Herb Jones, but, uh, uh, but Tyson Daniels uh, with his injury. So uh, how long do you think that is? Uh, is that, I think is, that's
1: multiple weeks.
2: Is that like a month, month and a half or what?
1: But now, is Hawkins now become a guy they're going to have to rely on more, Chris?
2: Well, he could score, but I don't know. The I mean, defense? defense, no, yeah, no. Yeah, you
3: yeah. know he can't pick up that slack. And the Willie Green's a defensive coach. That's why I expect to see a lot more of Nazi Marshall and just a little bit more of Jordan Hawkins. Speaking of Dyson Daniels' injuries, I expect it to be two to three weeks just because of the way the team put it out there and phrased it, meniscus. I've been through that. I'm about to have a knee surgery myself uh, this summer as long as I don't get traded. But uh, I, that's going to take a little bit longer for Dyson to get back. He could be back uh, before the playoffs if he took one route. The other route, if they have to go under the knife, I mean, you know, who, who, who knows that you're dealing with infections and how you recuperate and recover just from the anesthesia. That could poke you back a few more weeks. If he goes under the knife, I wouldn't expect him to be back for the first round of the playoffs. And if he's missed that long, I wouldn't expect him to play if the team got to the second and third round because if they're doing that, whatever they're doing is working. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. uh, Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. go No, no, I wanted to ask you because you had brought this up earlier. You know, you always want to play great in front of the home folks, whether you, uh, I don't know, north, south, east, west. Wherever you grew up, or whatever you're able to play pro ball, you're representing. With C.J. McCollum, uh, he was 2014 from the field against his old team, against the Trailblazers. And uh, we have this stat, um, Mike and Charlie. We were talking about this when C.J. McCollum st- scores 20 points or more, we like 15 and one or 16, 16 and one. 16 and one. 16 and one. I'm like. Damn, well, he got to (laughs) shoot. He got to get to 20 points. Now against Portland. That that wasn't there. So you think it was just a a little pressing a little too much to to only go 2 or 14 Because he's too good of a shooter to have that kind of night. Yeah, I mean, there
3: was a little pressing by CJ that you could see on the court. Obviously, I wasn't in Portland, but just talking with the man, you can tell he has an affinity for the city. He probably was on a night of a back-to-back and also had to beat some people for lunch and wanted to get in with some friends there. So I, I... I don't look at that two or fourteen, you know, night as something that CJ is going to have in the playoffs. And yeah, fifteen and one when he scores twenty. I think I just mentioned it. They're also twelve and four when Ingram hits two threes. So, and we talked about Zion and his minutes just now. He doesn't need to play thirty minutes in the regular season. They're going to up that in the playoffs. We just need CJ to score twenty and BI to hit at least two threes, and they're almost perfect. We win. How is that not a great <laughs> game plan?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a perfect game. game so we had the right spot if we could <laughs> guess that where we could place a bet on the team. <laughs> yeah. So well, Joy's already done that. For
2: yeah, us. <laughs> well, we de- we definitely gonna win. So we enlighten you what it takes for the Pels to win from Bi and CJ McCollum's perspective. <laughs>
1: Chris, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it, Bud. Always got great information for us, and we appreciate you.
3: Appreciate you guys. Y'all go put in that parlay for me real quick. We'll do it, Chris. All right, all right, Thank Chris.
1: you. That was Chris Dodson, who covers the NBA and the New Orleans Pelicans for Clutch Points. We'll be back with more Second Guest right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. We're back here on the Second Guest Show. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aver, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. I think we'll do probably a couple of seg- different segments on this. But, Bob, I heard Pat Mahomes last night talk about this, about overtime, that him and Andy Reid and the offensive staff had planned this out, that if this game went to overtime and had the 49ers scored a touchdown, they'd have went for two points. Yeah, they wouldn't
2: have given uh, the 49ers opportunity to have a third possession. And what it is different, uh, you know, we go to these meetings in August uh, during training camp. All the officials go to different teams around uh, the country, all the training camps. And they explain they always have a handful, four or five, a handful of rule changes. And the one is that overtime is different in their regular season than the postseason. Now, I just took it for granted that, uh, that, that a lot of the fans already knew this. You know, even the clock. Oh, what are they doing? It's going down to three seconds. <laughs> and, oh, what that what they it. No, it would have been a continuous play when the Chiefs scored. It had been like going to the next quarter. But the point being, the strategy is, and then you know you, how you analyze and stuff. And when you, when you win or you lose the coin flip in overtime. Okay, that's to, why you gotta defer. To me, to me, exactly. Just like in college, I would now. not I, I can play devil's advocate? I can play both sides. The one reason why I would defer in theory, I don't know how the game was unfolding prior to that. The one reason why I would defer because okay, say like the 49ers, they uh, they won the toss and they wanted the ball. So they go down the field, they end up kicking a field goal. Okay, and okay. so let's say uh, that it went down the field and scored a touchdown. In the regular season, the game's over. But in the postseason, you guaranteed each team having a possession. So, whether, uh, so obviously kick a field goal, you continue. But let's say they just scored a touchdown. The Chiefs still would have had a chance to answer. So Andy Reid and all was saying, okay, well, let's say, 49ers score a touchdown. We score a touchdown. We're not giving the ball back to 49ers. We're going for two. Uh, We like our two-point play. and We're going to win the game or lose it Uh, right here.
1: Okay, the key point in there is the Chiefs knew about it and had plans for it. Listen to the 49ers players in the locker room. They didn't know. Bob, they didn't know. They they were sort of confused on the rules and what
2: would have happened. They have two key players. And – Armstead, uh, who's been there, whatever, an all-pro guy. He didn't know the rule. Uh, uh, what was the, the fullback name, the Polish guy? I mean, you should, you should. Child. You he's, he's all-pro. That dude's a freaking stud. He didn't know the rules. So, to me, that's Andy Reid paying attention to detail and Coach Shanahan not. Now, what I mean by devil's advocate, and Andy Reid said, I can see kind of both sides you win the toss and you want the ball depending on the ebb and flow of the game. Now, this does make sense. That Chiefs defense was worn down. And now, but the thing is, the 49ers didn't score a touchdown. They had to set up a field goal. But you could say, yeah, okay, we want to keep them when they're down. Don't let them rest. And uh, let's take the ball and go punch it in a touchdown. But the reason why, to me, in the overtime, in the playoffs, that I want to be the second team... Cause there's no damn decision whether you're going for it on four down or not, so you got four downs to make ten yards, and it's Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. I kind of like my chances there. Yeah, I think okay, so. <laughs> I have four downs to go ten yards, and and and, and, and drive it down the field. So it, it's like well, well, hell yeah. Now, if it had been a situation like you're uh, in field goal range. And it's like fourth and eight or something. Like, ah, well, then we better take the points to extend the game. Then you kick a field goal. But if all of a sudden, if you got four downs to go ten and it's within, like, they're like, well, well, hell yeah, we're going for it. So that's why I think in the future, teams are going to learn from this. And every team's going to bring this up in training camp to make sure you pay attention to detail that we know it's different in the regular season than in the postseason. And that I think, to me, if you're truly uh, confident in your offense, that it's better to have the ball second because you got four downs to go ten yards. The big sample
1: sizes in college football—you've seen it, time after time after time. That's how they do it in the college ranks. Okay, I defer to that, and then I'll see what you. And then I'll
2: play a little bit of football chess. Yeah, so I'm gonna see what you're gonna do, and then they can kind of like. If you don't do nothing, then we just kick a field goal or and win the game that way. I'm like, there's so many different ways when you look at it. and um, But to me, if you're playing the odds. Defer it. <laughs> I, I would defer it. And, and then you get, um, because there's no option. Uh, you're not punting. You're not punting What? No, it's in overtime. You got to go for it. You got four downs to make 10 yards or whatever the distance might be.
1: We'll be back to finish it up here in hour number three of Second Guess right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. We're finishing up here in the six o'clock hour. Second Guess live from the Silver Slipper Casino beachside in Hancock County. Well, and well,
2: well, you know, Mike, it and, 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 and makes sense. Don't you want us an NFL, uh, and now nah, it's all for TV and all that, but don't you don't want your fan base confused, right? Correct. So, um, the, you know, the fan base, we have a number of fans here, and I think it's probably this, north, south, east, west, all across the country. Why don't we have the same damn rule uh, that's consistent? Uh, well, okay, well, we have in the uh, playoffs uh, and, and like or, or the regular season. Not have two different rules because everybody's confused.
1: So I'm going to call Carl Johnson, who was at one time head of NFL officiating, He's from Thibodeau. To get the answer, and he is a full-time NFL official to, still today. And I'll call him and have that answer for you for tomorrow. We
2: could do that tomorrow on the show because to me, there's too many fans not even in the standing. Well, not tomorrow, tlo- Wednesday. Oh, okay, okay, Wednesday because tomorrow's we to off draw. tomorrow. Yeah, on Wednesday, but you got too <laughs> many fans are still like. Word about the damn clock management and overtime, when it didn't even make a difference. Oh, what did Andy, what did the Chiefs do doing? this? Three seconds left. Because
1: you saw the clock ticking down,
2: and everybody was okay, you got to snap it. Hey, uh, hey, even if the Chiefs wouldn't have scored when they scored, it'd be like going like from the first quarter to, to the second, second quarter. quarter. No, it's a, it would have been continuous. So
1: we'll have Carl, and hopefully if we to can't get him that, on, yeah. he'll explain it to me. We'll be back for another hour here on Second Guess right after this news break on the Big 870-WWL.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today.